0: Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane? Call Just Plane Radio toll-free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please.
1: I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis. And from AOPA, we also have Tom Haynes to help us out. And navigate the latest aviation news and information this week on Just Plane Radio. The show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. All right, so uh, we got some interesting stories to cover today, including uh, one that will definitely uh, instill confidence in your commercial flying. No, I don't think it will, but we'll get to that in just a bit. Uh, But first, got to talk about Captain Dennis. Now, we've said before he has a Mooney 201, he loves flying it down to Florida, and he's planning a trip down here to go get some Florida spiny lobsters with me. Uh, pick me up in Orlando head down to the East Coast down there by South Florida. do some of that. Maybe we'll do some stone crabbing too. who knows? But we got that in the works, but uh, he's also thinking about being uh just relocating permanently, and this week, you found a property. Uh, somewhere down where in Fort Myers, is that it yep. Dennis? Fort Myers at the Buckingham air park West, you know, one of the things
2: that we do to keep ourselves busy, is you know, we're on all of these, uh, websites, Reddit and other forums. And I happen to come across an article about a gentleman talking about, uh, you know, how he found his, uh, dream of living at the air park and. He mentioned that the Barnstormer's uh, website has an entire section devoted to nothing but residential properties. (laughs) Well, I know where I'm spending my evenings now. (laughs) I bet.
1: Now, Tom, uh, you know, working at AOPA, I'm guessing you get a lot of calls or emails from uh, members that are asking like, hey, I would like to get a home and, uh, you know, that has, you know, a a strip next to it like that. I I would imagine that's one of the top 10 questions. Like, where should I go? Am I right? Or I'm way off. Yeah, base. no,
3: you know, you're absolutely right. We do get a lot of calls uh, related to air parks and people wanting questions. In fact, I I actually had an email this week from a New York Times reporter uh, wanting to wanted a source and somebody who could comment on how many air parks there were and what it was like. And he was particularly inter, interna, interested in international. And we don't have a lot of expertise in the international air parks. But there's a great website called Living with Your Plane. Um, dot com with dot com okay so Dennis you need to check it out as another good source but anyhow they have a lot of international ones as well as U S uh, uh, air parks but uh, the other thing you know it's not just about people calling about gee where can I find one but it's also a lot of questions about the governance around them because uh, you know as you may have heard Dennis <clears throat> based on your research is there's a lot of gray areas for some of these air parks about access to the runway. And homeowners associations and neighbors and some places you have to be a pilot and an aircraft owner to even live there because they're trying to make sure that they're serving pilots uh, because they don't want a bunch of non-pilots moving in and then over time changing the character of the place by putting in restrictions and all sorts of things. Uh, yeah, of, we got to keep trash. that aircraft out. That's right, right. right, no trash. A lot of drama, drama around air parks. So just be careful. You know, it's 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 like joining a community. So you just need to beware about that.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, well uh, it, this place that you found in Fort Myers, I mean, what's, why is it so appealing there? Derek? Well, one, the price, uh, it, it's
2: almost a wash with what my house is worth here in Minnesota versus what I could buy this property for. But I can't argue with a 60 by 60 hangar. Uh, unfortunately, it's not completed, but it looks to be a hurricane proof hanger. It's all brick construction, big steel beam across to hang that door off of looks like it would be ideal and looks like they made room to have some sort of like a mezzanine loft. So in theory, I could put, you know, an apartment up there for, you know, one of my kids to live in if they ever needed to or to visit or maybe a mother-in-law home. Mm. Uh, Because if we move to Florida, I think my mother-in-law will be right behind because she won't want to have us that far away. And so, it, you know, just kind of looking at a possibility. Sure, it's nice to dream and maybe this would work out. And besides we're getting towards the end of summer here in Minnesota, and this is becoming my <laughs> least favorite time of year when you have to start getting out the snowblower. Well, no. and the last time I checked, no. you haven't had to blow snow in Florida. Have you?
1: No, nope, nope. But we, uh, have had a few melting incidents this week. I will say <laughs> it is hot.
2: Well, uh, we get those up here too. In, well, in and right. we had an inland hurricane earlier this week with 80 to a hundred mile an hour winds, uh, something called a derecho or derecho, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, we we get our share of interesting weather and high humidity up here too.
1: Well, glad I'm not yeah. you. I guess that's all we're we're learning from that. But uh, but yeah, maybe you can uh, fly down and check this thing out. Maybe on our next trip down to catch some uh, Florida lobster, and we can take a little detour down there to take a look at the property and meet the neighbors. See if you rate. You know that kind of thing. I mean, uh, Tom. As far as like that HOA kind of thing, the homeowners thing, they just don't want the riffraff. We we're joking about it, but that's the truth. They, they, you you don't want to mix the uh, non flyers or non uh, aircraft owners with the uh, with with the uh, real pilots, I guess. Right? Is that what the yeah, issue well, yeah, is? You
3: just, yeah, and and just you know protecting it as as a runway. And then there there are other issues where sometimes. Uh, a fly-in community is a, is attached to a regular airport. And then you get into what are called through the fence issues where access from what is basically a private piece of property where the fly-in community might be through the fence into a pu- onto a public airport hmm. becomes an issue. And what kind of maintenance can you do on one side of the fence versus the other? Because then you're competing potentially with maintenance facilities that are on the air side of the fence um, and one of that sort of thing. But hey, you know, one thing about Florida and their airports is they have some really interesting names, including one called Naked Lady Ranch. So Dennis, Ooh. that's got your name written all over it. <laughs> yeah, you know me too well, Tom. Yeah, hmm. I've actually been in there. That's a grass strip and uh, it's between trees and you kind of, and, and you're really, it's in, there in the Bonanza and you really, it's near Stuart. You duck, duck in among these trees and land on this little grass runway and there are beautiful houses there, but what an unusual name to have on your return address, right? Naked Lady Ranch. Hmm. I think I'd
2: use that as a badge of honor, right. but you know,
3: yeah. whatever. And that's and that's not to be confused with Love's Landing, which is, is, is uh the next one on the list here on, on living with your with your plane.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well it, it sounds like they're worth an exploratory visit at the bare minimum. Right. I'd go yeah, with the first but one, hey, though,
3: first. <laughs> first. But, but the other one is up up near Ocala, is Jumbel Air Aviation Estates, and that's where John Travolta uh, has lived for a long time. And, and he had, remember, you've seen pictures of the 707 sitting next to his house?
1: Right. That's where it is. And yeah. so he's still there as far as we know, right?
3: I, I, something tells me that he moved or I, th- I think that whole place was for sale. The whole airport and stuff was for sale. Maybe he's still there, but hmm. there was a, tr- a sale there recently, but there was a property available. So you could have John Travolta as your neighbor, Dennis. Would you want that Dennis is the question. Or <laughs> you know, as long prefer-
2: as he doesn't want to talk Scientology with me and just fly, I think we'll be fine. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, if it was, okay.
1: uh, you know, having John Travolta as your neighbor or being at naked Valley ranch or whatever the heck it was. Naked lady. Naked lady. Yes. Yeah. 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 My
2: biggest concern is just, I would like an air park that's got a paved runway. That's been one of the biggest challenges because, you know, with the Mooney, it's, I'm a little leery still with that clearance of taking it in on a grass yeah. strip. So if my preference would be something hard surfaced, and that's what was really interesting about this uh, Fort Myers property. And I may have to reach out to this realtor that has the listing and just, just throw a feeler out and see. Cause it is, uh, it's definitely in the right location. It's an hour, less than an hour flight from anywhere I need to be. So I'm just far enough from Greg that he won't be coming over to borrow a cup of sugar from me or asking me to help. But know, teach
0: him. close but.
1: enough where he could fly up here to Orlando from Fort Myers and, uh, bring me some fresh Florida stone crab in like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Key West
2: at sloppy Joe's for a Friday night, uh, yeah. happy hour, uh, you know, it'd,
1: it'd be perfect. Location, location, location. I think it's uh, it's a win, but i I don't know as far as the grass uh grass runway i mean uh tom you have, you still have your bonanza. is that an uh-huh. issue for you too would you if you were gonna get something like that, would it have to have a paved runway or could you do a grass runway with your plane?
3: Bonanza does great on uh on a on a grass runway um as long as you're not dealing with length you know because it takes more runway length on grasp just because there's more drag getting off, off the runway than pavement. Mm-hmm. So as long as the length is okay, bonanzas do okay on grass runway, if it's in, in decent shape.
1: Okay. Um, well, maybe you got to trade Dennis plane. Dennis,
3: Dennis yeah. has got to have uh, he's he's got more of an issue there with that, the low slung gear on a Mooney.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, you just got to go ahead and just uh, get a bigger plane. What do you think Dennis? No.
2: Well, Keith's not here to check if what his credit cards live inside. <laughs> but like right I now. have
1: the number. I was uh, okay. filming. No, it is really hard to
2: replace the Mooney. I mean, my, if I was to replace it with something else, I'd seriously have to look at like a Cirrus, uh, just because my father worked for them for eight years and it was in my hometown. But. You know, the fuel burn is nearly double for the same speed and basically the same payload. So that's where the Mooney just really is just the sweet spot of economical flying for me at this point.
1: Well, but you would fit in better with the HOA. If you're flying a Cirrus, yeah. you're going to think, ooh, Well,
2: have you money. seen planes since we did the, the cleanup and everything on it? That I, well. Mooney it looks-, looks as good as any Cirrus on the line right now. Okay,
1: She's okay i i'm not trying to you know start a thing well we're not going to get the look that we got at fort lauderdale for sure well that's right he got all new paint job numbers everything looks quite swanky his mooney 201 brand spanking new it does all right look we got more coming up on just plane radio
0: just plane radio the show devoted exclusively to flying in the aviation lifestyle imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive
1: Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away
4: and still making
1: it home at night.
4: That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the
0: other two thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
4: I need your weights, by the way.
2: What do you mean? For the plane.
4: What it's a safety giving you the issue. Weight?
0: This is a regulation. This is Ask Jeff if he'll give you his weight.
4: You're not going to give me your weight? She doesn't even know how much I weigh. No. You know who else doesn't know how much I weigh? My doctor. My weight. My business. No one knows. It's very
0: personal. Mm -hmm.
2: I'd rather be dead in the sea of Cortez than have you know what I weigh. We
0: got two hearts on fire.
1: This is Just playing Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis I'm from AOPA. And we have Tom Haynes helping us out this week. All right. So uh, we'll find out if Dennis ends up moving uh, to an air park and and then probably gets kicked out because he doesn't rate. Who knows? Uh, that would be a great story, though. We ought, we ought to film it, turn it into a reality show. Will Captain Dennis fit in with the uh, airplane park uh, HOA? Oh, you know, if I come visit, I, the answer is no. But uh <laughs> but if he, he he might be able to manage on his own. But that's uh we'll have to see how that evolves over time. Now, one of the other tidbits though we came across this week which uh doesn't really instill confidence in the commercial you know, aircraft fleet. Uh there there's a story about 747s that uh said that they are updating their systems. And I guess, what is it, flight, flight control stuff, uh, avionics the, or what? It's the navigation database. The same thing that we have to
2: do in our Garmins and Avidines every 28 days. Yeah. You need to update the aviation databases on a
1: 747 just as well. And they just Bluetooth it wirelessly into the system and you, you're good to go. you
2: think that, right?
1: Yeah. But the
2: uh, FAA certification, the way it is, it's too expensive to update the system. So we're still using 1990s floppy drives.
1: What? Like the real floppy ones or the hard yeah. floppies?
2: You know, the little icon that says save on Microsoft Word? Yeah. You know, that they used to be an actual thing. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I'm sure if you handed it handed a, an actual three and a half inch floppy drive to a uh, elementary school kid, they would look at you and go, what is this?
1: Uh, and, uh, like a Frisbee or what, what Yeah, we supposed exactly. to do with this? And, right. and yet-
2: yeah, Yeah. We, the the uh, Boeing database updates are, are distributed on physical floppy disks. A mechanic has to sit in the avionics bay feeding st- disk after disk uh, at 1.4 megs per disk to update the database every 28 days.
1: Wow. I didn't even know they still made them, <laughs> to be honest.
2: Uh, I thought that was something. Maybe they got some inventory from AOL back when they used to mail them out to
1: everybody. <laughs> yeah. And, they yeah, they get a free AOL uh, service pack for a there month or something. Yeah. yeah. I, it's 30 uh, minutes free a month. Right. Oh, my gosh. Because it still makes the- we ourselves, aren't we? <laughs> right. Yeah. It still makes the weird telephone noise thing. You, you know? have yeah. Cool. That's the best I got. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is that a common thing across the fleet, Tom? Or what with this type of Well, uh,
3: yeah, I mean, not, not so much for, for, for most of us flying GA airplanes because we haven't had those kind of capabilities as long as the airliners, some of the older airliners have had. So mm-hmm. most of us are using SD um, uh, cards right. or in the case of actually like the Garmin 530s, which seem kind of new, but they're actually pretty old now. They have a specialized card that they're like $100 if you drop it. Try mm. Ask me how I know this. Yeah. Uh, um, anyhow, if you drop it, they're, they're very fragile and it's hundred bucks to replace them. Wow. Um, if you can so anyhow, find them and they require
2: a proprietary, do. uh, interface to even plug it into your computer.
1: Well, what yeah. are they? Are they like an SD card, but just bigger, different type of
3: format or something? Proprietary yeah, it's a totally format. different format. They're thicker yeah. and, um, and a, a little bit bigger than your average SD card, but mm. not, not near as big as the. Well, yeah, another reason to
1: upgrade to then, mind. right? Yeah. You, you know, they just having the, uh, you know they they say well you can keep doing this and you know these things will cost you and you drop it you're you're out of luck and we'll send you a new one for just 100. dollars. but yeah. or you could upgrade and now i mean now aren't they most of them uh wireless or are they still doing sd the new models
3: what do you think you, can, you know to get the right system you can do it wirelessly yeah. I can do that in my bonanza thanks to the uh, connect system from from garmin mm-hmm. but uh i, I we have a similar technology issue uh, coming out soon with Microsoft and the new version of Flight Sim,
1: yeah.
3: uh, which is coming out uh, later in August. And that one, somebody—it's t- all, of course, it's all online, right? But somebody told me that if you had to install it using floppy disks the way we used to with the original Microsoft Flight Sim, it would be thousands of disks would be involved. And wow. you'd, you'd be there for days on end feeding these things into your machine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Well, uh, it, but uh, the new Flight Sims is going to be kind of like in the cloud, right? Isn't yeah, that what it's yeah. supposed to be? Yeah. But yeah, have you around. gotten a, a sneak peek of that being that you're Tom Haines from AOPA?
3: No, and I don't understand what? why that is. You know, um, we were actually talking about that this, this week. It kind of snuck up on us, the fact that it's coming out here pretty quickly. And so we're, we we actually have, have had over the years quite a relationship with Microsoft back in the day. Mm-hmm. And they have used our airport directory in their products and uh, particularly Flight Sim. And we've actually had content that we built for them, and they put our name on their box, and we put it on our website, and that sort of thing. But but this time around, uh, not so much. I think it's mostly because it's an Xbox thing instead of online. So although it's, you can, uh, I guess you can access it online via PC as well, but it's mostly an Xbox product.
1: Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, they, they don't know what they're missing. They're supposed to give uh, free, you know, evaluation versions to people like Tom Haynes. I mean, we talked about yeah. it a few weeks ago, but. Of course, we know we don't raid like you, so we didn't expect anything, but I really would have thought they'd been on their game trying to get on that. I mean, we're, we are going to end up having this uh, battle between them coming back and X-Plane, you think, mm-hmm. Tom?
3: Oh, yeah, I think so. That's yeah. silly.
1: So we will uh, see. I mean, And I think it will just be good. They have two going back and forth and seeing who can do it better. Uh, but, uh, see what kind of
3: scenarios they come up with, uh, for, for Microsoft flight sim and and how you can compete with other people or fly formation and those kind of things through other, with other devices, that'll be probably the the most telling thing.
1: Right. Well, the compete thing will be great too, especially when you're in your own aircraft and you're flying, Mm -hmm. that'll be, (laughs) Hey, let's do a dogfight! What the heck? It's on the computer. No, you're actually in your plane. You're not supposed to do that when you're in the plane. (laughs) You're supposed to practice. But, uh, yeah. We will see. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, we'll have to see how that uh, unfolds. Uh, Dennis, what else is uh, uh, going around? Oh, I, well, I know this. Uh, I mean, when it comes to commercial travel, if if the fact that, you know, they're using ancient floppy disks to upgrade the, uh, upgrade the uh, you know, uh, air, airport info and all that kind of stuff, uh, maybe this will make you feel better that they're confiscating more guns than ever at, uh, TSA checkpoints. Well, it's crazy that traffic
2: is down what 90% over historic levels. And mm-hmm. yet the TSA has confiscated three times as many guns at the checkpoint. <laughs> so what is it? Everybody is deciding to pack and carry. Cause they're not sure what it's going to be like when we get off the plane at the other side, you know, yeah. are we going to wind up in a dystopian future and it's all right. one, everyone for themselves.
1: It's an yeah. it's interesting uh, statistic for sure. It makes you wonder. But most of the uh, guns they're, they're confiscating, they find them loaded as well. So it, it's not intentional. The gun owners are just forgetting. I mean, has that been filtering back to you at AOPA too, Tom? Like, hey, guys, by the way, you know. If you want to take your yep.
3: firearm on an aircraft, uh, don't
1: forget yeah. it, fly
3: privately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if it's for that guy who refuses to put the mask on.
1: Oh, that same guy. Yeah, that would that that probably makes sense. Yeah.
0: Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
1: I've been up around the stratosphere at 31,000. I'm going to fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're going to fly high with that fear, you're going to have to learn to love the atmosphere. And you got to learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plain Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis from AOPA. We have Tom Haynes helping us out. All right. So have you been wanting to travel uh, despite this COVID craziness that we all find ourselves in? Well, at least the government now, the U.S. government, that is, says you can. Because before, what, there was an advisory,
2: Dennis? Yeah, the U.S. State Department had issued a do not travel or a travel ban to U.S. citizens recommending that they not leave the country due to coronavirus infections. And so they have lifted that advisory. It's been removed. But it probably doesn't mean you're going to get to go anywhere because most other countries are still banning Americans from coming to visit due to our rate of infections
1: okay so at least now our government says you can go but just everyone else is saying no you can't stay (laughs) home (laughs) or you're gonna have to quarantine for 14 days once you get to your uh you know island destination or whatever i mean uh, you guys at aopa are getting bombarded with this too but you have a separate website i believe set up
3: to cover some of this stuff don't you tom yeah, we've got a website set up for state state by state kind of uh, restrictions and and that sort of thing. But we do get a lot of questions about uh, international travel by general aviation airplane. You know, what, when's Canada going to open up? I mean, that that's been extended a bunch of times. It was one point it was July fifteenth, and then it was August first. Now I think it's August thirty first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bahamas, they've actually had a bunch of changes um, in the last just in the last six weeks or so. They've been back and forth two or three times at least. With, you know, opening up, well, not opening it up, well, open up to general aviation and private boats, but not to the commercial service, and then open up to commercial service, but not commercial service again, uh, backed off. So uh, it, it's really confusing, and, um, and so people need to be careful when you're flying to figure out um, not only can you get into another country, but can you get back out and come back home? is is another challenge.
1: Right. The U.S. will allow us to leave now, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll allow you back in. Right. <laughs> well, that's just you. Yeah, well, okay. Maybe that that could be. Yeah. So uh, there's just a lot of uh, confusion out there still. But I don't know. Uh, every passing day, something changes. Maybe we're getting closer to things getting better. You can look at it. Uh, you know, the cup's half full, or if you if you prefer. I'll be a little more optimistic, and uh, we'll just leave it at that for now. More coming up on Just Plain Radio.
0: Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Take off with Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Talk about storm like a bird. What? Because we're as high as a bird, we're going twice as fast. Hey, do me a favor, take the controls for a second, Wayne. you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: just messing with you, kid. <laughs>
0: Oh, That's funny. You're a funny guy. You got it. When it go around and check up. When it fly high like a bird up in the sky. When it go down and suck up. When it fly high like a bird.
1: This is Just plain Radio. Gregor, co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. And from AOPA, we have Tom Haynes as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. All right. So look, um, let's say you got your private pilot license. And here's another excuse that I can use for the fact that I haven't gotten mine yet. Been working on it forever, right? Uh, but it, it ends up it would have been a moot point because if I would have got certified five years ago when I started, uh, chances are... It wouldn't be worth the paper it was printed on today if we follow what happened to this uh, poor schlub that was in the news this week. Right, Dennis?
2: That's correct. Uh, A lot of pilots are, I think it was several hundred pilots have been recently contacted by the FAA. And as a pilot, that's the one thing you don't want to get in your mailbox is that certified letter from the FAA. But apparently uh, they've been investigating one of the designated pilot examiners and have lost confidence in that examiner and are now going to go back and retest all of those pilots that have gotten ratings from this guy over a 10, 11 year period. Wow. Can you imagine, you know, you go out and get your private pilot license. You've been flying for five years and all of a sudden the FAA says, you can't fly anymore. We need you to do a check ride all over again, uh, to prove that you actually are safe and competent. Hey,
1: that's why I, I didn't, Go forward as I knew this would happen to me. I mean, how yeah, many,
2: I'm sure that's the reason.
1: How many pilots were affected, Tom? Do we know from this one examiner who was recalled or whatever? Do we have a number
3: even? Um, I'm uh, looking, I'm looking for that. Really? Um, I was looking at the, actually the FA official policy document on this particular case for this instructor examiner out of Cincinnati. Of um, course. Um, and See, that's where was, I grew up. That, right There you
1: go. It was written in the stars, I'm telling you. I knew this. I yeah, never-
3: so I, it, I'm not sure they, they, they tell us how many are affected, but, uh, boy, as Dennis said, I could not imagine being called back in to retake a, a check ride. you know, potentially years later. If you've not gotten another one from somebody else in the meantime, uh, that would be, whew, having yeah. you back in. That learn looked, all that stuff that, again that you have to learn only for the check ride and and the oral exam, but never mm-hmm. have to pay attention to again. Right, and, it would not and be very few
2: good. exceptions where they're not going to make you tested. I mean, if you're right. a private pilot and went out and got a commercial certificate with a different examiner, then they're going to consider you okay because you have tested at a higher level. But yeah. if you got your commercial or your CFI or your ATP with this guy you have to do it over there's no exception
1: well who was yeah. this guy and and why did he get caught or why was he recalled Dennis do we know what does it say well, specifically it, about according him? the FAA, um identified
2: him as a michael puler mm-hmm. um and they they don't give any specifics but they lost confidence so what does that mean i don't really know read between the lines but they don't believe that maybe he was uh, testing to the appropriate standards or maybe letting too many people slide by when they should have been you know, retested or failed or who knows, Yeah, but they're, they're, they've called into question 11 years worth of his
3: certification check.
1: Wow. Has this happened uh, before Tom? This seems pretty rare if maybe the first time ever.
3: Well, it's certainly not unheard of. It is rare, uh, but it's happened before. I remember a case in Florida a number of years ago where there's a designated examiner in Florida and he, uh, quite I began to question, his activities. And, and so they had hundreds of pilots once again, having to go back through recertification because uh, this guy uh, called into question. I think it was another one in Pennsylvania back in uh, I don't know, 2013, something like that 300 and some pilots, I think back in that day. Mm-hmm. So it, it certainly happens. Um, and, and so AOPA is really focused on trying to fix the whole DPE thing, the designated pilot examiner. There's a lot of issues around it in that there aren't enough of them and pilots are having to wait too long to take check rides but also um, wanting the FAA to have a little better oversight of them uh, so that we can prevent these kind of things. So the pilots don't find out potentially years later that uh, they need to go back in for a retest, basically what's called a 709 ride uh, all over again.
1: Wow. Yeah, that that would kind of blow. Uh, but, you know, if you've been flying your aircraft, it shouldn't be that big a deal, though, you think? I mean, because all you got to do is those, uh, you know, what? Uh, crazy Eights or something, just the skills and the aircraft, Dennis, shouldn't be that hard, should it?
2: When's the last time you've done a Lazy Eight or a Shondell? I said Crazy you, Eight.
1: So. <laughs> no, they're,
2: they're Lazy Eights is the actual maneuver. But the fact that you'd have to redo your entire check right, and assuming you got a private pilot and an instrument rating with this guy, mm-hmm. you would have to go back and do both check rides to the current ACS or PTS standards as required. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to go back in and demonstrate, you know, uh, partial panel maneuvers and things like that for your instrument rating, plus being able to shoot the three different approaches and DME arcs. And it's, it's a lot of stress. I mean, you're basically having to do three check rides. You know, if you were a commercial pilot with an instrument rating, they got all of them through, you're going to have to do everything all over again.
1: Got it. But as far as this specific case, we don't know, why the FAA lost confidence in this uh, particular uh, flight examiner I'm wrote. guessing
2: legally they can't tell yeah. the general public why it is but mm-hmm. you know it's it's definitely not good for the for the pilots I mean one they paid this guy to be their examiner and it probably wasn't cheap and now they're going to either have to uh, go f- take a ride with an FAA examiner again or possibly pay another DPE to do the ride depending how things are done yeah. uh, that's that's a lot of uh, uh, ask and demand on a pilot. That's
1: well, sure. okay. Let's say you're the student here, Tom, and you're getting ready to do your check ride with a flight examiner. How do you make sure you don't got that guy as your, as your flight examiner? Question. Yeah. What what are the questions you ask your flight examiner to know? Like, Hey, he really knows his stuff. I mean, there's. Excuse me,
2: sir. Are you under investigation by the. Uh, <laughs> well, <FISDO? laughs> that'd be one way,
1: I guess. But is there any questions you could ask a potential flight examiner that would maybe put your mind at ease that you're not going to have something come back to get you 10 years later?
3: No, I can't think of any because oh, you don't know boy. what's, what this guy's doing. I mean, it could be, you know, maybe he's, uh, if you offered, you know, slipped the right uh, number of Benjamins across the table, maybe mm-hmm. he could make it a real, real simple check ride for you. But, and if he has done that in the past and gets caught, you know, then that's the kind of thing that would, could, could uh, cause the FA to go back and retest everybody. Or, you know, he's got some other agenda where, uh, he's letting people slide or, you know, it, Okay. Buddy. All right. So you
1: know. what I just heard is like, uh, when you, you meet him, you say, Hey, by the way, could we just skip this whole thing? If I slip you a 20 <laughs> and he says, yes, you want, you want to get up and leave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You may want to
3: take your 20 and go somewhere else.
1: Right. Because it's going to cost you at least a hundred. I mean, uh, yeah. you, surely right. you'd start uh, negotiating.
3: Uh, but, uh,
1: <laughs> I don't know. That is, uh, unfortunate, uh, on many levels, but I don't know. I would think you'd probably get an idea. Uh, if you've done the proper preparation for your uh, check ride, if if the guy seemed kind of clueless and you had done the proper training, you'd probably pick up on that, wouldn't you think, Dennis? I would hope so.
2: But, I mean, in many cases, this is the first time you've probably met this pilot. Uh, you know, in, in my case, um, I've used the same DP for two check rides, but at least I knew of his history. He had long owned a flight school and he's a chief pilot for, uh, an aircraft manufacturer here in Minneapolis. Uh, so he's off, you know, test flying new float planes every day. So I had a pretty good, uh, understanding of where he's coming from, but mm-hmm. some of these other people, you know, I don't know what their backgrounds are. The first time you meet him is when you know, you show up for your check ride.
1: Yeah. But, but when he uh, says, okay, do some lazy eights, and then I go into my crazy eight formation knowing that I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. And then he goes, hey, that was perfect. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, I mean, those those would be red flags that might make you think like, okay, this guy's not really paying attention or, or uh, you know, I, I know what I just did was wrong and he didn't point it out. I guess that would be something
3: that might set the alarms off, you think, Tom? Yeah, it could be. And a lot of time, the instructors, they know the DPEs in their area. Right. And so they generally point their students to the ones that they think are the most competent and um, the ones that they give a fair check ride. Um, and so maybe this is an issue where some of the CFIs in the region began to lose confidence in this particular examiner. And they're the ones that, that uh, squealed on them with the FAA or something like that. Yeah. Hard to know. I don't know that that's the case here, but it could have been. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, uh well, let's just hope that uh you don't get that guy. But it really shouldn't matter. I mean, if you've been properly trained, uh the check ride shouldn't be an issue. I as far as I'm concerned. By the time you get to that point, if you're uh, to the level where you can't do all the skills that you're supposed to be doing, you shouldn't be doing a check ride anyway. You you back me up with that, Dennis?
2: Absolutely. I mean, by the time you get ready for your check ride, um your instructor's signing you off. And basically, you're just going to the DPE to tell you know to just prove to them, and you'd have to do, do something wrong in order to uh, have them actually.
1: And you would out. know what that. Uh, <laughs> thing You'll is. know. Yes,
0: you'd be your own worst critic. My guess.
1: More coming up on Just Plain Radio.
0: Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
4: For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org.
0: off with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
4: Hold on, he's flying the plane. It's on autopilot. I say these hands were takeoffs and landings. I mean, does a surgeon do the middle of an operation? Yes. You don't know.
1: This is just plain radio. Gregor, copilot—that's me along with Captain Dennis. And from AOPA, we have Tom Haynes helping us out uh, this week. Uh, check him out, aopalive.org dot uh, every week. You know, you can see him and his crew uh, reporting on the latest uh, aviation news and information. Way better than what we do, but uh, but it's a good thing you do. You're still doing all that stuff, right, Tom?
3: Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Socially right. distanced. Yeah. Yeah, COVID does not slow us down.
1: Not at all. All right, but we appreciate you taking time with us uh this week. Okay, a couple other little stories we want to throw out there to everybody. Uh this helicopter company uh reached a big milestone. What was it, Dennis?
2: Yeah, Robinson Helicopters out of Torrance, California. You know, every flight school that teaches helicopters has at least one R twenty two or R forty-four on their flight line. They're they're really uh widely uh available. But the, about ten years ago they released a turbine powered version of their helicopter called the r sixty six and in ten years they have just uh, delivered the one thousandth airframe of that r sixty six
1: that 's impressive that's that pretty good really uh, good uh, you know uh, accomplishment uh, in, in the aviation world is is it not tom
3: yeah it is i mean Robinson is the number one seller of uh, helicopters in the world when it comes to volume and in fact, there are some there have been some quarters uh, in recent years where they were the number one aircraft manufacturer period as far as number of units delivered with their R twenty twos and R forty fours, and then as Dennis said more recently, the R sixty-six. Um but yeah, it's it's really carved itself as a niche as a very capable um turbine helicopter, very competitive with the Bell Jet Ranger, uh burning a lot less fuel and a lot less uh, expensive to maintain. So yeah, have you it's, ever it's,
1: done any of that kind of stuff? Are you, are you flying helicopters too,
3: or no? I'm not. I'm I'm not rated, but uh, I've flown in them some, uh, and and fortunately had instructors with me to keep me from rolling them up into a ball. But, well, uh, okay, there's
1: that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Those are good friends to have for sure. All right. Well, uh, that's one thing. So hats off to them. Congrats. Uh, also, well, there was this lady. Who is what? She, she just got her pilot's license. Is that what happened? And she's like 97. What, what nope. happened with this? Guy? She's
2: the, she, uh, just did her last, her last flight lesson and is now the certified as the oldest flight instructor at 99 years old. She's a flight instructor. And she's been teaching for years and she just flew with her last student at the age of 99. She's still teaching.
1: How about that? Well, that is impressive. Uh, you know, I don't know how I'd feel about that. I mean, obviously she must know what she's doing, uh, if she's still teaching to this day, but God bless her. That's impressive. And and, you know, the, the reality is we'll never reach that milestone. Even if we, even if we wanted to, I mean, you're a flight instructor, Dennis.
2: I am. And that's the reason I got mine is I figured it would be a good retirement gig. Cause I figured, you know, if you eventually get your license and, you know, people like Tom, maybe you're not going to want to get your biannual flight review with my son, you know, the, the, 21 year old, uh, whippersnapper right out of flight school, you might want a more senior person. Hmm. Well, I, I could fill that. I could be the crotchety old guy at the airport. That'll do you. Welcome to
1: old farts review. flight school. We're here to teach you to fly. And, and, but you know, the thing is though, you're not going to be able to do this till you're 99 because they're probably going to phase us out before then. Is that right? Most likely with the way things are
2: going with automation and
1: self-flying
2: airplanes, we are a dying breed, Mm. unfortunately.
1: Okay. And and yeah. What is it? NASA that is making this prediction? What was this other story? The NASA
2: administrator was actually uh, quoted on record as saying that pilot or planes in the future will actually be safer without pilots in the cockpit. Mm -hmm. You know, his, his arguments are, you know, the self-driving car is going to have sensors that can look all the way around 360 degrees and anticipate what's going on. The cars will communicate with each other. So you know that they're approaching intersections long before they would actually need to see each other. Similarly, we're going to have the same type of integration within the national airspace system that these self-flying cars and planes and drones will all be interacting and talking and avoiding and planning accident, you know, or planning accident avoidance. So our future flight potentially would be safer without the the human factors because we don't have the issue of only being able to see forward out of our eyes. We'd have the same 360 degree, uh, electronic interfaces and all of that going forward. So I don't we know. I have those, to look forward to, but I don't think I like our future.
1: It, it, you know, those sound like fighting words. I, I wonder if the NASA administrator will be replaced by a computer before all the pilots are replaced by uh, automated flying machines. <laughs> it's going to bite them in the butt. You hear what I'm saying, Tom? Making Dave, predictions like that? I can't do that, Dave. Yeah, exactly. We're See? Open the pod well, bay Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah, right. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, we're all, they're always going to need a little bit of uh, human assistance. I mean, it's like driver assist in your car. I mean, it could be fully automated, sure, and there'll be some of that. But having that uh, element of having a, a driver in the car or a pilot in the cockpit, along with all that automation, to kind of oversee to make sure all the computers are working right, yeah. because, you know— uh, I, I just think we're going to need that, especially in the beginning of this transition. So I don't know, maybe, what do you think? 50 years from now, maybe it'll be totally automated. Uh, what, what's your prediction, Dennis?
2: I think you're probably looking at at least that far out. It's going to yeah. take that long before people stop wanting to fly P 51 Mustangs and things like that, just for nostalgia purposes.
1: I think they're always going to want to do that. Uh, and we'll have more time to do that as pilots. We won't have to fly our own aircraft that'll fly for us, but just to go out and have fun, we're going to be able to fly all the classic aircrafts like Mooney 201s. Yeah. yeah funny H, to think that that'll H-Craft be a classic. Right?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, you know, that'll be the fun part of flying. And then we'll just have, uh, you know, system administrators, techs, computer nerds running the aircraft maybe. But, you know, 50 years from now, maybe that'll be the case and uh, or the computers and, and the robots will have taken over civilization as we know it. So, yeah, well, I welcome our new robot overlords. I'm starting to sound like the glass is half empty now. So, I don't know. <laughs> I'll just uh, finish it up on that for this week. Till next time, remember, there's no better high
0: than learning to fly. Learning to fly.